I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. Because we can get technical. Technically speaking, if you look at the numbers, and you know the numbers never lie, the Knicks are on pace to make the playoffs. Meanwhile, the New York Yankees, losers of two out of their first three, are on pace to miss the playoffs. Has that ever happened before in the, in the history of the two franchises being around simultaneously? Has that ever happened? I really need to find that out. That should have been one of my questions of the day. Has that ever fucking happened? Where the Knicks made the playoffs in the same year where Yankees team did not. I'm trying to think if that was 2013, where the Knicks were led by Woodson to 54 wins. R.I.P. Woodson, man. <laughs> and was that one of the years where the Yankees didn't? One of those Lyle Overbay, Jason Knicks, you know, one of those down years. That might have... Or was that 2014 when they missed out? Maybe it was 2016, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Yeah, I don't know. I might be wrong. But yeah, I don't I don't remember. <laughs> so, you know, you look at the statistics here and you look at the... Hey. <laughs> Crazier shit has happened. Has it, though? <laughs> don't shoot the messenger. I'm just speaking the facts here. The Knicks are 500, the number 6 seed... And the Yankees are, what, in last place? No, I think Boston's 0-3. But, hey, I'm just, I'm just saying, man. It was a rough fucking couple of days for the New York Yankees. Let's, let's be real. But it's opening weekend, man. It's opening day. A couple days ago was opening day. Um, Today's actually Easter, so happy Easter to all who celebrate. And um, God bless. Hope you had a good, blessed Easter with your family and friends. And um, it's... Day three or day four of the regular season. Game three for the Yankees took place today. That all took place this weekend, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday for the Bronx Bombers in New York against Toronto. Um, and yeah, we'll get to that. It sucks to lose, dude. You know, especially on opening weekend. You get all hyped up. Baseball's back. You start thinking of the good weather on the horizon here. Summertime's a coming. Spring is here. Hot dogs. It's good to see fans in the stands. You know? I'm just so it's it's my favorite sport. Like as much as I love the Knicks, I there's nothing nothing. I'm talking nothing beats baseball season. Nothing does. I don't care 
what sport you like. Baseball is to me. It was my. It's my. It's my entire life. It was my childhood. It was everything to me growing up. Just in the summers, we were for like my family. Um, I got. A, I got. A, I got a big, big family and cousins my age, siblings my age. You know, I've got a lot of a lot of family, and my neighbors were always around my age. We'd always growing up. I'm 26 now. Oh, 26 in, in uh, a few weeks. Oh shit. <laughs> um, but like in the summers, growing up, all my cousins, my family, friends would come over, and there, there, there's this big field. Well, not anymore because they put a fucking house there, of course. But there used to be this big field right in my backyard. A big field, like a, like a the size maybe of a of a football field, maybe a little smaller, um, in width. But it was the length, uh, you could, it was about 100, 110 yards. Um, in my whole life, we would just play baseball in the backyard. We would play, me and my, my cousin and I, my, my cousin, one of my best friends, uh, uh, Mike. <laughs> we would spend hours every summer day out there with one of those Ken Griffey Jr. black wiffle ball bats. And we would smack the shit out of those solid white wiffle balls, you know those solid ones that you could just crank? We would smack those, and we had, there's, at the end of this field, there was a fucking, you know, there was a fence, but it was covered in, in bush, ivy, leaves, so it was like, it would look like the, the, um, like, like, uh, Wrigley Field. And... It, the wall, the fence was really tall, so we always we gave it a name. I forget what the name of it was, but it was kind of, We always we always say we always joked about it how it was like Fenway and Wrigley combined because it was this big, giant, tall fence with again bushes all around it, and some other you know some some old older gentleman, poor bastard, on the other side. But my cousin Mike and I would spend hours every day of every summer for years. At the top of the field, throwing the ball up and hitting it over the fence, and we would keep track. Um, looking back, I'm pretty sure none of us had the exact amount that we hit over the fence, but we had this this count that we just went by with each of, each of us, and we would remember this number every single day. We would keep it in our heads, so the next time we went out there, we would keep it going. I'm at 365. What are you at? I hit 273 over the fence. And we just kept doing it every summer, just obsessed with hitting them over, and we would count it like our like it was our career home runs. And like once I got past 600, at the time A Rob was about like around his 600th home run, or maybe 500, and I was like, oh, I just beat A Rod. Where are you at? He's like, I'm approaching, you know, yada yada. Bah. Like we would fucking take that shit like it was legit, and we would do that. Um, my siblings, other my other cousins would would play just wiffle ball games in the backyard. We have a big we had a big yard before all these you know before everything changed with the houses and then the, the field was like the big baseball field where we get everybody to come. Then we have our backyard. It was like a little wiffle ball field we used. So we had a bunch of different setups. But yeah, man, I'm just so happy. I, I'm just saying this because I'm so happy baseball is back and you know I have so much memories just playing baseball. With my family and friends growing up. And like it means so much to me baseball. 
And so, it's, so to have it back and to be able to watch it again, it, it's just the most reliable sport there is. There's no other sport that you can watch every single day for, you know, what? March, April, May. Also, we'll, we'll exclude March. April, May, June, July. Yeah, for, for like six months. There's no other sport you could do that with. It's so reliable. You get home, nothing to do. Oh, I'll put the game on. You know, I'll fall asleep with the game on. Just any baseball game is always on. Just, I just missed that. I, I've missed it. Even if it was just one offseason. I, I missed it so much. Just not having baseball. So I'm glad it's finally back. It's it's the best, man. And so now, you know, and, and, and as a Yankees fan, I live like 25 minutes from the stadium maybe without traffic with traffic it's not even that bad so I'm always I, I've grown up going to the games constantly and you know these past couple of years obviously before COVID happened you know my cousin and I have started developing this tradition I guess where we go to a couple of games in the regular season, and then we go nuts and go to all these playoff games. Um, and again, before COVID, recently, before COVID, we started going to. We went to a road game, in the playoffs. We went to Cleveland in 2017. Uh, it was Game Five against the Cleveland Indians, obviously, and we won that game. Right, it was the the game where Didi hit the home run. It was back when Jay Bruce was, you know, very productive and younger. But um, yeah, man, I, I just so many good memories as a baseball fan. That's all. So I'm glad it's back. Very glad it's back. Um, but yeah, it, it sucks that <laughs> you know a bit of a buzzkill, I guess, to start the year here for the Yankees. Dropping two out of three. You know. A bit of a buzzkill. But. I like to win. What do you, what do you, you know? What, man? It's. I like to win. People get on me all the time. Because I'm tough on this team. You know. And I'm telling you right now. Don't take what I say on Twitter. Or Facebook. Seriously. If you see it posted during the game. Chances are I'm going to, what do you call it? Venting, right? When it's like rage tweeting. I do it out of frustration, all right? So take what I say seriously only in the blogs or in the podcasts or maybe in a post a couple of hours after the game or before. Don't take anything I say serious on social media during the middle of a game, especially if they're not playing well. Please take that with a grain of salt. Um, but I do, you know, I do get a lot of heat as somebody who's, I guess, tough on this team. And I'm only tough on them. Like, I'm only tough on them because this is the Yankees. And the Yankees' expectations are, we all know it, to win a World Series. Literally the highest expectation you could possibly have for a baseball team. And that's where the Yankees are. Their expectation 
is to reach that standard of winning a World Series. World Series. So, am I really that tough on them? You know, what do you want me to say? Like, it's not like their expectation is... It's not like they're this, you know, middle market club who is just trying to reach relevancy. You know, it's not like they're... The, like, if you watch me as a Knicks fan, I'm going nuts this year because they're 500. You know, if I was a Knicks fan being mad at them being a 500 team and saying, oh, they're so mediocre, they're so average, they're very inconsistent, they win one game, then they'll lose the next, that would be irrational because I'm I'm out of the world of that expectation. But, you know, the Knicks are never 500 average inconsistent. We're happy to be at that because they've never been there in a while. They haven't been there in a while. So we're the Yankees. We're trying to win at the top of the top. So me wanting them to be so great, I don't think that's me expecting too much. That's me expecting them to reach the hype that everyone's touting them as. This this World Series contender. Everybody wants them to be a World Series contender. They have 27 championships. Right? They went out and spent all this money and developed all these players. So you want them to hit that ceiling. So I don't think when people call me spoiled or Yankees fans spoiled. First of all, I don't think that I don't believe in spoiled. I don't. I believe in being a winner, having a winning mentality. But spoiled? No, I, I actually, and we might have talked about this on the show before, but I take that term spoiled. I take it as the ultimate compliment when somebody tells me I'm spoiled. I really do. I, I take it as the ultimate compliment. As an athlete, or a former athlete, now I'm just a fat fuck who sits on Twitter and complains about the games, but as a former athlete, as a competitor, I have that spirit in me, that drive. It's instilled in me, and it's always going to be in me, to always want more. You know, to really, really want the best. And why are we lagging here? That's going to fucking piss me off. Hold on. But that's, that's, that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all... Why the fuck are we lagging? That's what it's all about. Alright, let's see if that works. No. Tell you, I can't wait to throw this piece of garbage in the trash. Not, not the tablet, the, the software. Throw it in the recycle bin and never use this software again. I just, I can't fucking do it. Never use XSplit. Garbage. Terrible for a podcast. For a video podcast. Dog shit. Dog shit. Let's turn it down see what happens. Hello, hello. Alright, well, fuck it. I'm going to have to uh, deal with it. Um, but yeah, I don't take that as, a, as an insult. That's any competitor, anybody who's played competitive sports, 
and anybody who's grown up as somebody who's as somebody who's speaking from my own experience as somebody who's grown up fortunately before this you know gonna sound like an old man here gen z generation has been developed and now everybody gets a trophy now i wasn't exactly born growing up i wasn't part of that i wasn't part of that we're all winners bullshit you know i was growing up and i was the way i was raised by you know my coaches and my peers growing up and everybody all the individuals that i've grown up around with sports and everything i i had the mentality that if you're not in first place you're in the last place and so to me i'm always thinking of that how you can always improve how there is nothing better than to be in first place but if you're not in first place there's nothing worse than not being in first place that's just my mentality and again, I would love for you to call me spoiled because that means, that tells me that I'm doing it right. That I'm not sitting here congratulating second place, aka last place. There's no there's no silver trophy for me. There's a gold and then there's nothing else. There's no silver, there's no bronze. There's gold and then there's nothing. So I want the Yankees to reach gold. Okay. <laughs> and so... Um, yeah. That said, I'm happy baseball's back, man. Again. Happy's back. What the fuck are we lagging for? Hold on. We're going to try and fix this. Because it's back. You know, we... We kind of talked it about, uh, talked about it on our last show, at the top of the show. Um, but... It keeps coming up. <laughs> and every time it comes up, it bothers the hell out of me. And I'm not going to go on long here just going to talk about it for maybe a couple of minutes tops i can't stand the fact that it keeps coming up too because i don't like when baseball gets into this when any sport gets into call it politics societal issues whatever but rob you know but but commissioner rob manfred basically pushed by these corporate sponsors to push the MLB All-Star Game out of Atlanta, Georgia. Basically following what the NBA did not long ago. Moving the All-Star Game out of Charlotte because of the law against allowing men into women's bathroom. That transgender law. <laughs> and people... First of fucking all, I am so... like Again... Please stay out of politics. If you're a sport league, stay out of politics. That's why it's that's why so many people get turned off by you know the NFL now and the the MLB has. It's like it's as soon as Manfred took over, it's like all this shit, and now we're hearing about the MLB All Star Game being moved because of a voting because of the voting law that is they want to require you to have an ID when you've... How is that a fucking bad thing? How does that make you go, oh, this is pathetic, I'm going to move the All-Star game. How does that have any... Where's the correlation? How does that have anything to do with the All-Star game? 
in baseball. I mean, you need an ID for everything. You need an ID to pick up your tickets at will call. You need an ID to buy a fucking beer at a game. You need an ID for everything in life, for, to, to get insurance, to go to college, to do this, that. You need, that's how it works. So to be triggered as the commissioner of baseball, whoever, the players union, to be triggered by this, that you need an ID to vote for who's going to lead you and to move the all-star game because of that, is it, it, it makes me laugh. And I'm just, you know, I don't like speaking politics on this show because this is not what it's about. But when your bullshit leaks into my sport and now I have my sport getting into politics, that's going to piss me off as a fan. Because I'm there to watch sports. I'm not here for that. But when it comes into the sport, I'm going to have a say. I'm pissed off about that. I don't give a fuck about the All-Star game. I don't watch the All-Star game. I really don't care. But it's not, it's, not, it's not really the point. It's the point, like, why are you getting into politics? <laughs> I'm just so tired of it all. I'm tired of the fake outrage, you know, and all these, you know, woke, I guess that's the term people are using now, these woke or fake woke, Tom McDonald, uh, leagues folding to these big corporate elite sponsors. I'm so sick of that. And, and these big media outlets, you know, ESPN, all these big platforms, these journalists, all advocating for it all, of course, to further push that narrative. Kellerman, Ober, Keith Olbermann, boycotting the Masters because of this so-called racist voting law. He was, he was, he put that on Twitter. He was going to boycott the Masters and some other ESPN reporter, shockingly, um, I think his name is Matt Barry. But it just retweeted it, told him to shut up. That's it. He just went shut up. <laughs> shut period up, period. It was great. It was fucking great. I think, you know, Barkley, Charles Barkley said, said it perfectly. And I'm not going to try and say or repeat what he said because I don't want to butcher it. But he, um, I think last night during the NCAA, NCAA tournament, really, really nailed it um, on some of this shit in politics and how, how it's kind of separating us. And um, I, again, I don't want to try and paraphrase him at all here because I think it's just, just search. If you just search Charles Barkley right now, you'll find it. That's all you got to do is search his name. Uh, and he pretty much nailed it. He really did. So, um, but I'm not boycotting shit. Uh, as, as stupid as that decision was for Manfred, I'm watching baseball. Maybe I'll start watching from you know, third party platforms. <laughs> no. Um, hey, at least if I do that, it, mean, it, it probably means I won't get to, I don't have to listen to yes. God, they're brutal. They're brutal, man. I was listening to them, to them today. Ugh, fuck me. I was listening to them today. Um, the pregame and just because, um, the season just started, I'm just wanting anything. And it's, it's these, these guys are basically puppets. Just, you know, shills of, of the, the organization. You know, just being paid by the Yankees to suck up to them for an hour each day and talk about how great they are. That's all it is. Every time you tune into this, like these pre-games, these post-games, these three guys just sit around in basically circle jerk to the end. It's just, it's so frustrating to have to listen to them. It's like, can we, can we at least like 
talk about the bad things a little bit more and talk about what we want to work on because we haven't reached the top yet guys like i said we haven't reached that world series and they're sitting here to talk about how great everything is and even if they do say something slightly critical they'll have to put a positive spin on it at the end it's like today when the yankees were getting mowed down by these random pitchers out there and i think k brought it up and he had to say like how how this kid who was pitching was doing well. You have to credit him. And at one point, he struck out seven Yankees a couple of years ago. So he's had their number, and you got to credit him and stop bashing the Yankees at times. Uh, Cohen was saying stuff like that. It's like really, really, like why can't sometimes what's the kid Zuch or Zeke? You know, Z U E C H or something. That was the kid who was pitching against us, and, and they were just trying to spin it to where they won't. They weren't criticizing the Yankees, but they were just. Talking up how well the blue the Blue Jays were playing. These guys just and again they're on their payroll, so I get it. You have to be a shill here, but whew. Yeah, maybe I'll start watching on third party apps and watch the other broadcast. I don't know. Um Yeah, today was the end of the week. It was it's Sunday as I'm recording. Again, as you are listening, it's the day after. Sunday is Monday, the day after Easter Sunday. Um, hope everyone's doing well. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 227 of BD4. Welcome to the podcast. Um, earlier, well, like 12 or maybe two weeks ago, 12 or 13 days ago or something, 14 days ago or something like that, I was on the bus heading to, heading to school. And like... This guy sees me with uh, a Knicks hat on. This kid about my age, maybe a little younger, is like, oh, you got a Knicks hat on. I'm so sorry. Like, no, they're, they're doing all right this year. And then he just laughs. And I'm like, all right. But that just shows me how, like, everybody follows just the popular narrative. And how, like, no, he hasn't been paying attention. The Knicks are actually good this year. I, I just found that funny. That was very random, I know. I was just thinking about it because there's a there's a commercial on it. It was showing the Knicks. It's like a highlight commercial thing on ESPN. Um, but he was like, oh, I'm sorry about that. And he just laughed. I'm like, no, they're actually doing good this year. It just reminded me how, like, how we talk about it all the time in the show. How people just love following whatever the popular notion is <laughs> it's like no they're actually doing good if you pay attention it triggered me no it was, it, 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 was it, it didn't trigger me it was like it just made me like think to myself I'm like oh yeah see i was right <laughs> but that was a couple weeks ago now i've had i've had a quarantine isolate myself for about two almost we're, we're coming up on two weeks it's about 10 8 10 10 11 maybe 12 days now um that i've had to isolate myself because i tested positive fortunately i don't have a single symptom maybe like a slight cold but i don't feel anything i feel great so hopefully um it's two weeks right so i have a couple more days and then i'm good to go but once I heal up, man, I got to do a lot of things. <laughs> I just got to get the hell out of this place. 
and I gotta go go to some. I'm trying to get to a Nick game. Gotta see the prices there. I'm trying to get to a Yankee game. Gotta see the prices there. I'm sure they are not cheap, but it just sucks that these past like this past week and a half to two weeks almost, I've just had to sit and just isolate the shit out of myself. But baseball has came back at a perfect time. And the Yankees, although they're off to a slow start, hopefully can take on the uh, the Baltimore Orioles for a few days here coming up at the top of the week. So let's get into this um, series against the Jays. We're going to head to our first break. And as soon as we get back, we'll, we'll talk about this Blue Jays series and everything else and stuff. So. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. This is episode 227 of BD4. Again, I am your host, RJ Carbone. Thank you for stopping by. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, be sure to do that right now. Um, you can subs- uh, subscribe to the podcast on any feed that you get your podcasts from. You know, iTunes, um, Spotify, Google, um, SoundCloud. You can watch this podcast on YouTube. The video version is up on YouTube. Um, and there are many other platforms. Just go to my website for that. Uh, my website, my social media, you know, the podcast, the blog, all that information is on my link tree. So just go to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone to get all that information. As a matter of fact, it's a perfect time for a plug. We'll be right back. Hey, fellas. So really quick, before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media, even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash RJ Carbone. That is linktr.ee slash RJ Carbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. All right. So, opening day. <laughs> yeah, opening day was uh, interesting. You were just happy. First of all, again, I was just happy to have baseball back at all. Um, but it was interesting. It wasn't exactly wonderful. Um, Yankees took the 3-2 to loss in extra innings. Right, the game goes 10 innings, and they take the loss. Uh, you had Garrett Cole, big Garrett Cole, your ace, $314 million man, taking the bump. Uh, first inning, him and Gary look good together. They go one, two, three. Uh, second inning comes, top of the second. Still a zero, 0 game, but it kind of gets a little iffy here. You know, Cole surrenders three consecutive singles. Um, one of them scores a run, one nothing Jays, then manages to get out of the inning, gets Teles to pop up, and then recorded a pair of strikeouts. One nothing Toronto. Bottom of the second comes Gary Sanchez going yard, a two-run bomb off of Ryu into the left field bleachers that puts the Yankees up two to one. After two innings. Garrett Cole. Kind of 
you know, finally uh, starts to find that rhythm. Him and Gary, again, still working pretty good. A clean third inning, a clean fourth inning, and a pretty good fifth inning as well. He finds the slider. And he's, you know, next thing you know, you look up five innings. He's got a two-to-one lead. Sixth inning come though, comes, though, and, you know, I think it's Teoscar Hernandez. He hangs a slider to him. And it's a solo shot. That puts it at 2-2. Two two. Next batter comes Vlad Guerrero Jr. Wow. You just have a, like a realization in the middle of like when you're having a conversation. Just hit me that I watched Vlad Sr. play. Now I'm watching his fucking son. I feel so old, dude. I'm twenty. I'm twenty six in a couple weeks, but I feel like I'm forty six. Wow. So officially, I'll, I'll be twenty six. So technically, I'll be closer to age fifty than I was when I was born. Like you know, like I'm past twenty five. So I'm technically closer to fifty than I am to zero, which is crazy. I'm so old. <laughs> so he walks, Vlad. And uh, Aaron Boone pulls him for Chad Green. Um, the game's two to two. Green comes in, does a nice job. Green, uh, it's lasagna, and it's it's Darren O'Day who really do a good job completing the rest of regulation. You know the final few innings, uh, and they go to extras tied two to two. Extra inning comes. It's the top of the tenth. Nick Nelson comes in for the Yankees. Two to two game. But she got the runner on second base, and he gives up, you know, a double over Aaron Judge's head. Should he have gotten there? Maybe, maybe not. Judge says he should have, um, but maybe he's just being Judge. And that brings the runner home, three to two. And the bottom of the tenth comes the, this fucking Jerry Merriweather guy. Very impressive. I feel like we're going to be talking about him a lot this year. Um, Jerry Merriweather impressively strikes out the Yankees one, two, three. Just with total ease, Hicks looking, and I think it was Stanton and Torres swinging, if I can remember correctly. And the Yankees drop that game. They lose. So, but first off, like, uh, I hate that extra inning rule, dude. I hate it. I, I, I was so mad because I did not know they brought it back. So I was going into this 10th inning here thinking, oh, yes, an extra inning. But then I see the guy on second. I'm like, are we really doing this again? Are we doing it again? Last year, I gave him a pass, man. It was a it was a fake weird season. It was an experimental, whatever you want to call it, season. But they're, they're, it's back this year. Why? They said it was because they wanted the playoff format to go back to normal. So they did this. Why do you have to do anything? Why can't you just keep it? There was no, In the 10th inning, too? Like, you can't wait a couple innings to go with that bullshit? In the 10th inning? Really? That that gimmick? It's not baseball. It's not natural. It's video game shit. That's the main reason why I hate it. It's video game shit. It's not baseball. Baseball is all about natural. You have to earn every bit of what you do is earned. Every pitch is so important because you don't want to make that mistake and let a guy on base. Or, as a batter, you don't want to make that mistake and get out. So why would you just, oh, let's just put a runner on there for no reason who did not earn it. Immediately put the pitcher in more disadvantage. 
Why? Ugh. And I'm not, I swear to you, I'm not saying it just because the Yankees lost because of that. Excuse me. I'm just mad. I, I never liked it. I never liked that rule. Um, regardless, they didn't lose the game single-handedly because of that. They had their own issues. There's much like we're going to talk about this entire series. There was a lot of soft contact in game one. A lot of weak contact. There's nothing solid hit. Um, you had Judge LeMahieu even coming up in some big opportunities but could not cash through. Could not cash in. Um, they were one for nine together for a single. Judge in that seventh inning of game one had the bases loaded. One out. Two no count. Against David freaking Phelps. Former Yankee. But of course... Now a Yankee killer. If you're not a Yankee, you're becoming a Yankee killer. That's how it works. And Judge, you know, very feebly grounds into a 6-4-3 to end the inning. In the ninth tie game, you had well, Sanchez get on base. Talkman pinch runs. He steals second. He steals third. So you got DJ now at the plate. First and third, one out. He rolls over a slider, weakly into the third base side. Um, I think it's Biggio who throws out Talkman going home when he probably shouldn't have. He was out by a mile. DJ can't come through. The next batter up in Judge. You know, two outs first and second now. He strikes out on five pitches. And they were saying how he's never had a walk-off hit in his entire career so far. Kind of shocked by that, but at the same time, not really. Because he hasn't really had that big alpha moment as a Yankee looking back now. You just, I just don't remember, you know. So, not shocking at the same time. <clears throat> so overall, the Yankees go 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. They strike out 13 times, and they leave 10 men on base. Um... At least Gary was good. He had the home run, the walk, and he even threw a runner out to end the inning. Um, one of the innings. It was like the seventh, maybe. <clears throat> uh, it was an okay day for Cole. Again, it worked better with Sanchez. Much better than we saw with last year with him when they were just constantly miscommunicating and shit. But he looked better with Sanchez. It was an okay day for him. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But again, with the home run ball. You know, last year we saw a lot of that home run ball. Um, you know, towards the end of his outings, he would give up a bomb, uh, a bomb to kind of fucking, you know, lessen his line a bit. But we'll have to see what happens. I think last year a lot of the homers came off fastballs. I'm pretty sure. I have to double check. But uh, this one came off a hanging slider. So maybe it was just a mistake. Hopefully he can kind of tone it down with the homers this year. Um, but again, you know, five and a third. Um <clears throat> Five and a third in, in uh, a couple of runs. So, wasn't dominant against the Jays, but for a first outing, whatever, it's fine. Spoke to the media after, and basically, you know, took accountability, said, you know, he wished he could have that slider back. Uh, I like when he's talking to the media. I think it was Kay who was making a good point. Um, how he's, Cole is very therapeutic when he speaks to the New York media, and I love that. He's very therapeutic. It's like speaking to the media helps him. 
he's curious. He's a very curious dude. Um, and he, you know, he's a master of his class. He wants to learn. He loves discussion. So I kind of like that a lot about Cole. I dig that. You know who's not great with the media? Gary Sanchez. You know, I don't like to be this guy, but Gary's been in their organization since, what, he was like 16, 17 years old? He's 28 years old now, and he still doesn't even, he still doesn't even attempt to speak to them. Like, it's important in New York to have relations here. And that's why I applaud guys so much, like Gleyber Torres. I applaud the hell out of him because he's not the greatest English speaker, but he's so, I, I just have so much respect because he's been ever since, even in his rookie year, man, since his rookie year, he said, nope, I'm going to try to do this myself. And he tries every day and he gets better every single day at speaking to the media and he does a hell of a job. And I take that serious. I, I, I feel like there's a leadership thing there. There's an accountability thing there. And if you're one of these leaders on this team, it's important that you're able to man up and, and speak to them face-to-face, -face, not using, at least attempt to speak without a translator. And that's why I respect so much Glaber Torres doing that. You know, right away, since he came up to the big leagues, he's been trying to speak on his own. I love it. Um, But yeah, Cole's very therapeutic. I, I like that he's always trying to trying to learn shit. And kind of have discussions with, with the guys, asking them questions. So then we have the off day, which I always freaking hate having the off day. Everybody does after the first game of the season. It's such a tease. It's like you get baseball back after a big layoff, and now you gotta wait another day. It's like you just teased us with opening day, and now we gotta wait. And not only that, we had to wait after a loss. That's the fucking worst. That is the fucking worst. But, you know, Saturday came. One o'clock game again. And the Yankees bounce back. They pick up a 5-3 to three victory. Um, a better performance. Pitching. It was fine. Uh, nothing special, but it was fine. The bullpen... You know, another bullpen heavy game. Um, you know, I, I count the whole pitching thing so far to to pitch counts. You know, the pitch count monster of April. It's early in the season. We're kind of easing our way there. I understand that. So I'm gonna give guys like Cole Kluber a little bit of, a little bit of a break, especially Kluber because he hasn't pitched in a while. Um, but he was good. The, the offense scored five runs on Saturday. Eleven hits, six walks, four for ten. In scoring position. 10 strikeouts. So they were better. They were better. Um, Kluber goes 4 plus innings. Lets up 2 runs. 1 earned. Strikes out 5. Uh, allows 9 base runners. You know, Hit a batter. Walked about 3. And then a couple of hits. Uh, the control wasn't. So the control wasn't exactly there. You know. But he used the curveball. To get some early strikeouts. I think his first 3 strikeouts came on the curve. And then um, later on, or, or no, throughout the game, I guess, he escaped a, a couple of big jams using his fastballs. You know, the, the, the velocity on his fastball wasn't exactly where I wanted it. Um, he's never been a big velocity guy, but he was like, most of the time it was like high 80s, some low 90s fastballs. But he was, he was 
what I liked is he was moving it. You know, it, it was cutters, it was sinkers, it was tailor, two seamers tailing. So he had a good game. Um, Gary again homered. Uh, a couple infield hits for DJ, for Aaron Hicks, and later on a bloop from Jay Bruce uh, to kind of gain separation there from the Jays. But you go back to the top of the first, it looked troubling. Right, you get the leadoff single by Marcus Simeon past Torres. Then you get the fly ball to Torres, which he loses in the sun. And right away, just in front of us, you're thinking, oh, this is the baseball gods telling us, don't forget that Torres is not a great shortstop and that Frazier has had his issues in the outfield. It's, it was like literally right in front of you. Um, but fortunately, he, you know, Kluber, Kluber uses the, uh, the fastball. I think he throws a cutter to get Bichette to ground into a 5-4-3, and then he K'd to Oscar Hernandez. Um, top of the second inning comes, Kluber hits Vlad, and um, but then he gets, I think it's, um, gets the 4-6-3 uh, the four, six, three to the next batter, grounding the ball to LeMahieu for the 4-6-3, and then he K's right to Les. So it gets out of a couple of jams. Bottom of the second comes. Gio Urshela singles. Frazier doubles. And then DJ with the infield single to uh, plate the first run for New York off a of stripling. Stripling, stripling, I don't know. Uh, but that makes it one nothing Yankees after two innings. Top of the third comes. You get that throwing error by Gary. The Jays tie it up 1-1. One to -one. Top of the fourth comes. Kluber escapes another jam. You know, bases loaded, two outs. Throws a sinker to Yankee killer Jansen. Him and Grichik are the fucking devil. And the fielder's choice gets him out of the inning. Bottom of the fourth, Gary makes up for that throwing error. Another home run. Yanks go up two to one. Later in the inning, um, Stripling pulled for Chatwood, Tyler Chatwood. Judge and Hicks go back to back with singles off Chatwood. This makes it three to one. That Hicks infield single. Right up the middle. Fifth inning comes. Top of the fifth. You got Marcus Simeon again, making it three to two with the home run. Kluber then pulled for Johnny Lasagna. And Lois has been good so far. His first outing of the year here, um, or second outing of the year here in game two, he pitches two perfect innings where he strikes out three of those six batters he faced. Um, Yanks scored one more in the bottom of the sixth when Jay Bruce bloops one, I think it's to left field. So that scores two, and the Yanks go on to win five to three eventually. Um, that kid, Lucky, Lu Luke, I don't fucking know, Lucas Lutt. Fucking, fucking guy's name is hard, hard to pronounce. I don't really pay attention to him, but he, it was his first time pitching in like 2,000-something days, so that was pretty cool. He hasn't pitched since 2015. Lucas Luke? Luck? <laughs> I don't fucking know. He allowed a run off of a soft hit. A couple wild pitches, but for the first time, for his first time in, in, in thousands of days, man, looked pretty pretty fine. Expected to be a little rusty. 
Uh, lasagna looks great early. The stuff's always been great with him, but it's always about the command. So far, he's got his... It looks like the control and the command is there. But we'll see. He's going to have to play a big role. You know, the, the pen is pretty shallow, so... Um, we'll need him. O'Day got into some trouble there, putting a couple runners on, but then Green gets the four-out save. He looked strong early on, too. That was game two. Yanks picked up the victory. A better performance from them. And then there's today. There's Easter Sunday. Um, not exactly the crispest performance for the Yankees. Um, they lose this one three runs to one. You know, they, they just... Another dud offensively. Another dud. Um, one run on five hits and two walks. Uh, they were 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. Left five men on base. They couldn't even put traffic on the bases. At least the first game, they left a lot of runners on, but at least they got on base. This afternoon, they just weren't even putting runners on base. Just And this was against some mediocre pitching. They just couldn't put runners on. The, the top four hitters were two for 15. There was just a lot more weak contact once again. And not even strikeouts, just a lot of weak contact. I only think they struck out six times. Just some weak, weak contact. Not barreling up the ball. Couple honors early on from Judge and DJ, but that was really it. That was it. Her mom pitches, very disappointing. But, again, guy didn't pitch the entire season last year. We're going to have to wait and see how these guys do. It's going to be iffy. It's a lot of question with this rotation, man. you got a lot of guys who haven't pitched in a while. Herman goes three innings. That's it. Let's up four hits. Three of them for extra bases. Two of them left the park. Uh, three runs, one walk, two strikeouts. So very, very underwhelming performance. First inning, you know, he worked around that double. Eventually got out of it. But the second inning came, he was tagged for that leadoff home run against Vlad. Um, then he lets up a single to Guriel. Then leaves a changeup over the plate for Randall Gritschick again. Fuck this guy, man. Every year. And that's a two-run bomb. So the Jays have a 3 nothing lead. Just like that. In the second inning. Yankee Bats. Mustered up just one run. Just one run. And it was due to Clint Frazier's hustle. Pretty much. He gets that bloop double to right field. Drops in there in the fifth inning. Where he hustled right up. Uh, pretty much right out of the fucking box. He just fucking hustled. And he ended up getting two bases out of that. That's why I love the guy. He's always hustling. He's fast too. Hustles out the box. Gets the two-bagger. Um, ends up getting a third on Gio Urshela's fly out. And then ends up scoring on Guardy's ground out. Guardy batted ninth. To, or, yeah, he batted ninth tonight. Today. Um, as Stanton got the much-needed day off after a couple of games at DH. Um, so it was 3-1, to one, and that was really it. Um, if there's a positive from today, Michael King was fucking fantastic in relief. Uh, he threw six very strong innings, allowed just one hit. I believe he retired 16 in a row to end the game. He was fabulous. Very impressed with him, man. For a guy who's working on that third pitch, he threw the changeup a little bit last year, but now he's trying to mix it in. 
but he's got the fastball that he relies on, that sinking two-seamer, whatever he calls it. And he's kind of got that cutter slash slider, I think. So he, he, he did a really good job, man. Really impressive performance. That's going to, um, you know, with a, a bullpen that's pretty shallow as it is, maybe, hopefully, he can keep this up. You know, 16 in a row to end the game. So he was good. He was good. He didn't, you know, the Yankees didn't have to waste any arms. Um, despite him, uh, Domingo Herman going only three. So we saved some arms in that bullpen, which was huge, huge. Um, but again, the Yankee bats just miserable, miserable, just lifeless, listless, dead. You know, they stranded runners in the second inning. They stranded people in the third. They stranded guys in the fourth, fifth, and the sixth. So second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth all had runners on base and could not get them through. But for the rest of that game, we pretty much just went down without a fight. We, I think we were 0 for our last 11, the Yankee bats. Overall in this series, not pretty, man. Just 4 for 24 with runners in scoring position. That's, what, 167? It's not good. You gotta cash in. You gotta bring guys home. You know. Gotta do a better job. Plug time. Hey fellas, so really quick before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. You know, one of the things I don't love about this lineup. Listen, the the judge and the two hole thing, I've always hated that. But I'm so used to it now, it's like that's never gonna change. I've lost hope there. Um, but I do not like Aaron Hicks as our number three. I don't get it. The only thing I hear from people is he gets on base, he gets on base, he gets on base. That's fine. Let him get on base in the nine hole. I want the number three hitter of my team being the best all-around hitter. Being the guy who can hit the ball. Who gets on base, but gets on base because he hits. Because he does some damage. Has some power, but has contact bat-to-ball abilities. And can hit consistently. I don't love Aaron Hicks being that guy. And also, I also hear the the whole, you know, he's a left, he's a switch hitter, so he he splits up the righties. It's not. It's still. It's not. It's not enough. 
I don't love Hicks in the third. I don't love having the 225 hitter at three. No, not just because he can bat lefty and 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 get on base at a 360, 370 clip. No, I need more. Not for number three. I, I don't want him batting number three. No, no fucking way. I don't love Torres in the cleanup too. I, I feel like he tries to do too much. Hopefully Torres can bounce back, man. You know, I had high hopes for him as a prospect. And he's been great so far. He was fantastic his first two seasons. He's been flawless in the postseason, man. But he had, he had a down year in 2020 in the regular season. So you can hope, um, you hope that he bounces back. But a lot of what Torres, when he struggles, a lot of it's in his head. It's all about the focus on both ends of the diamond, too, for him. Um, I didn't think anybody really looked great this series at the plate other than Gary, you know, ironically enough, Gary, he had the two home runs and he, a walk, um, catching kind of regressed in those last two games, but it's a better start than we're used to. So hopefully he can use that as confidence because that's all, that's all it's about. That's all it's about is confidence with Gary. Um, but yeah, other than maybe Jay Bruce being pretty decent and DJ LeMayu kind of waking up these last two games a little bit. Nobody's though, nobody's really been hot though, right? Gio hasn't really gotten it going yet. Um, Judge has looked dreadful in these big spots. Got to be that alpha, man. Got to be the alpha. Want to talk him up like one? He's got to be the alpha. He's got what? Two seasons to prove himself before he's due for a payday. Not only does he have to stay healthy, he's got to produce now. Everybody says if he's healthy, he's a top five, arguably top three player in baseball. Well, you got to show it now. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't, I, I didn't think the offense was good at all. Now, funnily enough, it's I actually think the offense will be fine, at least in the regular season, right? postseason's a different animal. We will not go there. But I think as far as the regular season goes, I think the offense will be fun. This is just who they are, right? They are a home run or nothing team. So they're going to hit homers for a week, and then they're going to have a series or two where they produce nothing. And I guess we're just starting the season, you know, on one of our cold streaks. You know, last season we got off to a really scorching hot start, but for the most part, the last couple of years before that, we've kind of gotten off to slow starts. Um, and maybe it's the weather still a bit cold. It's not warm yet. I don't, I never like that because other teams are, are hitting in the same weather and they're winning. So, um, I'm just hoping that it's, I think they'll come around eventually to an extent, right? I think the offense will wake up. We have a, an offense built to put up ridiculous numbers in the regular season. Um, you know, I think that's just a matter of time. You know, you're going to be streaky. That's who they are. They hit home runs, they strike out and, and they walk. Three things. That's it. If they're not hitting the homers, they're not really doing much. So they're going to come. I, I think they'll come along. Um, it's actually the pitching that I'm concerned about. You know? And the starters haven't impressed me yet, but they haven't really you know, worried me. It's early for them. But I am a bit concerned about the bullpen. It's a very shallow bullpen. Um, the best names in the bullpen we have one of them is our closer. But the best names in middle relief and in late relief 
Zach Britton's on the DL for a bit, a while. Justin Wilson is supposed to be one of our bigger names, and it's Justin Wilson. Chad Green is good. Okay, so I'll give you two or three of those guys. But who do you have after that? You're relying on Johnny Lasagna? He doesn't have a resume that exactly scares you yet. You're relying on Nick Nelson? He pitched to a high four ERA last year. He's nothing special yet. Like, it's a lot lot of questions. You're banking on guys to have breakout years. If this bullpen is to be, you know, no worse than top 15, you're banking on some guys to have breakout years, right? Because it's just that shallow. And with the rotation, again, you got a lot. You got a lot of guys who haven't pitched in a bit. Got Corey Kluber. It's going to be his first time pitching in. In, over, in about two years. He hasn't pitched much in the last two years. James Tyone, Same thing with him. Domingo Herman, You know, didn't play the entire season last year. Severino. Coming back in a couple months. He hasn't pitched in forever. So you're relying on everybody to stay healthy. You're relying on them to get back on track as soon as they can. So after Garrett Cole, it's like we've got to have some guys step up. We have to have some breakout performances from maybe Tyone. We're all, I'm hoping he breaks out. I'm hoping that Jordan Montgomery is a little bit better than he was last year. I'm hoping that Domingo Herman can become that 18-win pitcher he was a couple years ago. Again, like I, we, we, a lot of this pitching staff is based on them peeking out at their high ceiling, right? And not that I'm saying I prefer lower ceiling, higher floor guys. No, you always want guys with talent, but the guys that we have, talented pitchers that we do have, also have very low floors where injury could fuck everything up or underachievement is not that out of the ordinary with somebody like, you know, uh, Corey Kluber at age 38. He could very well not really pitch well. Or Tyone could very well get hurt, struggle with the arm. You know, it's not that out of the ordinary. We've seen Severino have up and down seasons. So uh, that's that's what I'm concerned about. It's the it's not the offense right now. As bad as the offense was, as dead as they were, as zombie-like as they were, as much as they were sleepwalking, pathetically just dead through these first couple of games, these first three games, as much as they were doing all that, I, I'm not exactly worried about them in the regular season. I think they're going to wake up at some point or another. You know, they'll do damage. In the regular season, they'll get you wins. It's the pitching staff that I hope can be enough. And that's the rotation and the pen to win us this division this year and bounce back. Um, so we're three games in. It's okay. The world is not over, but hopefully the starters can give us some length and hopefully we can get some good innings, effective innings from the pen. Because the starters have almost 16, you have almost 16 innings from the bullpen already. And that's like four more innings from the starters. They've given us 12. So, you know, I I hope we can actually get some length here from our starters. I hope the pitch count monster of April is all it's going to be. I hope we can can start ramping these guys up. So, Um, opening series in the books. You know, Yankees not exactly great, but just happy baseball is back. So happy they're back that I'm watching the fucking Angels play on Sunday Night Baseball. Um, 
and I know I never watch the Angels. I know Mike Trout's playing, but so I'm just happy we're back. So we'll see what happens, guys. Um, yeah, excuse me. I think that's it. You know, we've we've got the O's up next. Uh, Six thirty tomorrow night, and, and that's you know baseball fees. Uh, baseball season truly begins when you get your first night game during the week, right? It's a six thirty game. I, I I prefer the seven o'clock games to really kick off the season for me, but it's a six thirty game, so it's a night game. You know, I, I just that's when you get the feeling that baseball is back. You're home on the couch, you're chilling, you just ate dinner, and you're just you watching, you're flipping through the channels, and, and the Yankees are on. Putting the Yanks on. You know? Or for me. I know the Yankees are on. I'm not flipping through the channels. Put them on. Chill for the rest of the night. Watch the game. Windows. I got a window right in my studio. Nothing but darkness. Just black. Not nighttime. It's fucking baseball season, man. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. Perfect way to cap off your night with the baseball game. Yankee baseball. So we're back, guys. We're back. Yankees are back. And, um... Hopefully we can kind of spark something here and pick up a few wins in this Baltimore. Hopefully we can sweep the Baltimore Orioles because, you know, it's the Baltimore Orioles. While they might be slightly better this season, they're still going to be most likely in the basement, all depending on what the Boston Red Sox do. So we need to beat them. We need to sweep them, in my opinion. Hopefully we wake up and get going. So... Yankees finished up the opening series, one and two. And um, let's get to the question of the day. So, last time out in episode 226, I asked you guys, um, it was April 2nd, I said, on April 2nd, 2013, the Knicks beat the Miami Heat behind Carmelo Anthony's game high in points. How many points did he score in that game? That was the question. So it was on that day, April 2nd, 2013, where the Knicks downed the Miami Heat behind Carmelo Anthony's game high in points. How many did he score? He scored 50 points on the Heat, right? That was the game where he scored 50 points on them with straight-up jumpers. <laughs> Straight up fucking jumpers. The ultimate disrespect to Shane Battier. Straight up jump. He scored 50 points without a single layup. Unbelievable. When he was in his prime, man, there was no better bucket getter. I don't care. None. All right. Um, this episode's NYY, NYK question of the day, episode 227. So the Yankees scored two runs on opening day this year and lost. They scored two runs and they lost on opening day. When was the last time they scored no more than two runs and lost on an opening day? So when was the last time they did that? Scored at most two runs and took a loss on opening day. Give me the year. That's all I need. Alright, so message me the answer on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or just comment the answer once I publish the uh, the promo or the link to this podcast. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. 
Um, episode 227 of the podcast. I am your host, RJ Carbone. If you haven't subscribed yet to BD4, be sure to subscribe to this podcast right now. You can find BD4 on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud. You can watch us on YouTube. So many platforms this podcast is on. If you want to find all those platforms, if you want to read my blog that I write on the Yankees and the Knicks, and if you want to follow me on social media, all that stuff, you can find that on my website. You can find that on my link tree. So just go to my link tree. Go to linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. That is linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. That will take you into my link tree, which displays all the links to where you need to reach me at and follow me at and subscribe to me at. Guys, thanks so much for stopping by episode 227 of the podcast. This is your host, RJ Carbone. And I'm signing out for this one. Let's hope the Yanks can bounce back. I'll see you guys next time. Ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.